Welcome to Insights Now, a series of conversations designed to shine a light of clarity on the complex world of investing. After significant monetary tightening over the past year, the Federal Reserve has now hiked the federal funds rate all the way up to a range of 5 to 5.25%, but this tightening cycle may finally be at a close. With an elevated risk of a near-term recession, markets are now expecting the Fed to pivot to rate cuts before the end of the year. For investors, in an environment where economic conditions are looking precarious and rates may soon be headed downwards, an active approach towards fixed income exposure is particularly important. In today's episode, we're going to focus on municipal bonds, which may be an effective way for investors to access high-quality and attractive tax-exempt yields and portfolios, particularly when headed into a downturn. To discuss this, I'm joined today by Rick Taramina, a portfolio manager for several municipal bond strategies here at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. So, Rick, welcome to Insights Now. Thanks for having me, David. For starters, let's get a sense of your thoughts on the current environment. How do you view the balance of risks in the economy and market conditions right now? You know, it's interesting. On the economy, we feel the risks are to the downside. And actually, as bond investors, that's great. So we feel that there's a, a wind behind our backs here. I think when we look at the economy, we really feel that we're almost between two crises. Obviously, we're battling with the deposit crisis uh, at this point, trying to work a uh, solution to that piece. Um, but really, when we look at what's going forward and what really is in the windshield for us, uh, we do see senior loan officer surveys, auto loans, and a whole bunch of consumer products that really are going to get their situation tightened dramatically because of the deposit crisis. So we almost feel we're in this period where we're going to have to get comfortable with where the deposits are, and then we're going to have to address what those next series of events will be. Commercial real estate is another one that's top of mind. So um, I think there's going to be a lot going on over the next six to nine months uh, that we're going to have to read and really navigate the markets carefully. Um, But I think that it should all be good for your bond investors. It sounds like a pretty bumpy ride, and, and markets are currently pricing in a pretty sizable pivot from the Fed with multiple rate cuts before the end of the year. Uh, do you think this is going to happen? You know, I think it, it really depends, as you talked about, the bumpy ride and, and how bad it gets. I think one thing that we feel is that the trajectory is really bringing those rate cuts forward. So we actually think that in September you could see the first cut Uh, by the Fed, followed by uh, several maybe throughout the balance of the year. Uh, I think as we start to see the credit conditions tighten here, we have to keep in mind that when the Fed historically has stopped, the difference between the Fed funds rate and the inflation rate, today's inflation rate, is roughly 2.5%. Now, when we do the math today, you're looking at one and a quarter. But I think one thing that investors have to realize is that the tightening of what has just happened within the banking system, we feel is the equivalent of another one to one and a half percent of tightening. So when we add those two together, that was one of the reasons we felt very strongly that the Fed would stop uh, the the hiking cycle. And now it's a question of what happens to those other knock-on effects that we talked about, if you will, that crisis too that's going to be in our windshield um, and how that draws the Fed uh, to start the cutting cycle to offset those uh, downturns in the economy. So a, a difficult time in the economy, but, but, but possibly a good time for high quality fixed income. As a portfolio manager for municipal bonds, what are uh, two parts? Really, first of all, what are the biggest things affecting the muni market right now? And how has your approach to managing muni portfolios changed during the cycle? Sure. You know, when we look at uh, how we're managing through this cycle, um, two of the things that are really the big influence this year have been the technicals, uh, really supply and cash flow. So supply has actually been quite light. Uh, And there's a couple of reasons driving that. One is that municipalities just have so much cash in their balance sheet, they don't need to borrow as much. 
And two, let's face it, rates were high, right, for, for their vantage point. So they know that the Fed was fully engaged, which usually will mean that they will slow the economy and rates will eventually fall. So they've taken their time uh, to put project money to work, uh, and that has impacted supply to the downside. Uh, the second piece is cash flows. Cash flows, especially uh, in separately managed accounts, has been tremendously strong. Uh, folks trying to come in and lock in those higher rates uh, ahead of what we anticipate a lower rate environment if we go into an economic downturn. Um, when we look at how we're managing portfolios, we've moved out durations. Uh, we're about a year longer than we were uh, this time last year. Uh, we are also, as you mentioned, high quality duration, high quality assets are really where we're focused because um, we want to have credits that will be able to ride through uh, what we think will be an economic downturn here. So really scrubbing portfolios and making sure uh, that we really know what we own and we're comfortable with it uh, while trying to take advantage of the rate environment. One thing we've noticed, we have a chart on uh, page 42 of our Guide to the Markets, which shows just how upward sloping the tax equivalent yield curve is compared to a very inverted treasury yield curve at this point. Is there an opportunity here or is there something very wrong here? We think it's actually a tremendous opportunity. I think when you look at the treasury curve, right, it's inverted because we have the Fed was in a hiking cycle and that was in, Mark was anticipating that that would slow the economy. So the, the long end uh, started to come down, hence that inversion. Uh, on the muni side, why we think there's such a great opportunity, the reason why the curve is so steep is because that was due to outflows in 2022. When we look at outflows, we had roughly $140 billion come out of the muni market uh, exiting mutual funds. Um, the next closest year was almost $70 billion, so almost double uh, what it had been. And that caused opportunity. When we look at where the cash flows came out of, it was mostly intermediate, long, and high-yield mutual funds. And that caused that curve to steepen exactly like you pointed out. Um, we think if you can buy paper out there in that 35 to 4.5% range, if you look at those taxable equivalent yields like you point out, um, that is you know, rivaling historic equity performance. Um, and if we think we're going into an economic downturn, we don't feel... Uh, that equities will survive a as well as, as uh, long fixed income, uh, hence the reason why we moved out in duration and we want to lock in those yields. So definitely an opportunity for folks to come in and embrace uh, those yields. Can we talk a little bit about taxes? I mean, uh, how are you thinking about you know state taxes and then also federal income taxes when it, when it comes to investing? Sure. I think, you know, it, it's really what you keep at the end of the day. And obviously the federal uh, tax hit is the big hit. So that's why we feel so strongly about municipals in here. It's not only a credit play, but obviously it, it's a tax play. On the state side, it's really interesting. It really depends on the state you're located in um, and really where the valuations are. In certain states like California, where they have a very high upper tax bracket, you're oddly enough better off buying treasuries and paying the taxes than you are uh, in municipals in the very front end of the curve. If you go out in that 20-year space, you're better off on the municipal side. So what we try to incorporate as we're looking at different locales around the country is looking at those tax rates, doing the after-tax calculations, and seeing what makes the most sense for investors. Uh, I think you'll find once you're out past 10 years, it almost always makes sense in the higher bracket. It's really that very front end of the curve that gets a little distorted um, because of cash flows uh, and demand. So Really, if you're looking to lock in long, I think you're better off in, in, in tax-exempt paper at this point. One thing that sort of never changes is debt and taxes. So let, let me let me talk about debt. We, we often get talked about the sustainability of federal debt, particularly in the context of higher interest rates. 
But how are things looking in terms of debt at the state level? Are, 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 do you have any worries about debt levels? Yeah, it's interesting. I think if you go back and you do a flashback uh, many years ago, the muni market and the treasury market were actually the same size. Now the treasury market's 8x the muni market. So we think there's some scarcity value there. And I think when you look at what debt uh, the municipalities have, uh, especially at the state level, they're actually in very good shape. You know, when we look at uh, rainy day funds, they're at all-time highs and multiples of any other time when we started to enter into an economic downturn. Um, and we think that's going to provide enough cushion for them to ride through this. You've even seen states like New Jersey, Illinois, and Connecticut actually all get upgraded uh, over the past year. And that's something that we really haven't seen uh, in many years. So the states look really strong uh, going into this downturn. Many years ago, I used to work for the state of Michigan, actually, in their Office of Revenue and Tax Analysis. And I, I was so aware of all the constraints being put on states in terms of their ability to run deficits at all. And when I think about how federal debt has just ballooned over the great financial crisis and then the pandemic recession, it's, I think it's a really interesting point about just how different state debt conditions are compared to the federal debt conditions. Yeah, they just can't lever up like the, like the federal government can. So it really provides... Uh, a ballast to their to their balance sheet. Um, and I think if they use their revenue wisely, which we're seeing them uh, coming out of COVID, be very, very focused on how they're spending their dollars and truly really put them in, in a really nice spot here going into what we think will be a light recession. So state balance sheets look pretty healthy, but what about cities? I mean, do, do, do you differentiate between city credits and state credits? We do. So typically, as we head into a recessionary period, we actually underweight states because uh, they're the most economically sensitive and we actually overweight local geos. Uh, the reason why we do that is because local geos are much more dependent on their local taxes and real estate taxes, which tend to be more stable. Um, now, one thing we are obviously looking at, we do feel that we're going to have some commercial real estate uh, issues throughout uh, the U.S. We do feel uh, that some of the consumer uh, loans will also come under pressure as uh, the job picture starts to uh, get a little bit more difficult uh, over time as we go in the recession. So we are cognizant of what municipalities are doing to combat, for example, office space and what they're going to do uh, with return office and how robust return office will be in different locales. And we've actually seen that vary across the country. Um, here in New York City, they're actually going to have a surplus of around $8 billion. So New York City looks pretty good. In other areas, we're more concerned about uh, rental real estate and what that means uh, to prices and, and everything uh, as such uh, when it terms uh, of rentals and, and how that plays out. So it's really a case-by-case -case basis, um, but that's why we have a huge credit team to be able to, to parse through and really pick the winners and separate the ones that are going to have more difficulty uh, going through this, this downturn. If we can turn back to the, sort of the demand for bonds uh, again, uh, retail investors have been very active recently, of course, with higher rates, and that's contributed to very strong inflows into money market mutual funds. But retail flows also tend to be very important for the muni market. So what, what are you seeing there? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, our, the shape of our curve uh, is really because of those flows. So as you mentioned, there's a tremendous amount of money coming in uh, to the front end. If you look at our curve, it almost looks like a smiley face with a little tail uh, at the end. And, and the reason why it has that bottom trough there is because of the retail flows, flows in SMAs. Uh, at points during the past year, they've pushed municipal treasury ratios to around 50%. And that's why I commented for some states, you're better off buying treasuries uh, and paying the taxes. 
uh, what we really want to do in terms of the curve and really take advantage of where the flows have gone and really what opportunities that has opened up, we really want to be barbelled. So we want to own the very front end because that's following the treasury curve, which is inverted. And we want to be out in that 10 to 20 year part of the curve because that's the area that's just beyond where we see most of the SMA flows. And if you actually assemble that barbell, you wind up with 30 to 40 basis points more than if you would be bulleted uh, in that two to six year part of the curve. So um, really playing the curve dynamic here, uh, I think investors can really get a higher yield and actually set themselves up for what we think will be an economic downturn and that will force rates lower and they'll be able to capture some of that appreciation uh, further out the curve. So looking more at sort of from a bigger picture perspective, when we think about asset allocation in general, how should investors think about a muni allocation in the context of a broader fixed income allocation? Sure. I think, you know, anytime you have a period where we feel that you're going to have economic weakness, you want to have high quality fixed income within the portfolio. Um, I think 2022 is a prime example where municipal core actually outperformed taxable core by almost 250 basis points. One of the reasons for that is that municipals are a high quality instrument. Um, I think when you look at how states are, uh, their balance sheets look right now, they are in better shape than they've ever been going into an economic downturn. And that really is dating back to the 80s when New Jersey was actually a AAA rated credit. So I think when we look for an overall asset allocation, the first question is what is the tax bracket of the investor? And then the second question is, what other asset classes within fixed income can you layer into that portfolio to make sure that you have high quality duration for the next year or so going through the period? And, and municipals just fit that piece. Um, so I think it should be really a, a fairly sizable allocation uh, when you're building portfolios in fixed income for the high taxpayer. But finally, Rick, the risk of recession has increased. We've talked about this a good deal about the, the you know, potential for downturn. But how might your outlook for munis change if we actually end up in a recession soon? You know, typically municipal credit lags corporate credit by about six to nine months. And that's why we're really kind of pounding the table on having municipals going into the recession. Now, as we go into the recession, it depends on how severe the downturn is, right? We've been through 01, 07, uh, and 08, where the, the impact on municipal credit was really pretty severe. But I will say the sheer amount of cash from the three large government programs uh, that municipalities received has really given them an outsized cushion that they really haven't had in decades. So, um, you know, when we look at it, I think municipals will be able to ride through this, um, whether it's a garden variety or even a medium recession, I think they'll be able to run through it uh, quite strongly. If we get into a really severe recession, uh, obviously we're going to have to have municipalities that are going to be really adept at trying to, to navigate and what levers they can pull. Um, I'll give you an example. California is going to have a $22 billion deficit this year. Um, what they're doing is they're cutting programs, they're deferring uh, some maintenance, and they're bonding out. They're actually not spending any cash, which is actually going to give them even more cash to spend if we get into uh, a worse economic downturn. So it's not only the trajectory going in, but it's how the municipalities navigate it uh, going through. And that's something that we're going to be watching uh, in altering portfolios in an active way uh, as we go through this next period. We'll be watching too. Listen, thank you so much, Rick, for your insight on all of this. And thank you all for listening. Until our next episode, I invite you to read or listen to my Notes in the Week Ahead podcast, where every Monday I share commentary on the latest in the markets and economy to help you stay informed for the week ahead. 
For even more timely insights, you can also follow and subscribe to my content on LinkedIn. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.